Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's KJ Carson on WEEI. WEEI. Bill, you had said over the course of training camp that there was a competition at quarterback just like everywhere else. I'm curious what Mac Jones did to win the competition. Well, Mac's had a really solid uh, spring and camp, very similar to what we talked about with Bourne. Um, You know, out there every day, ready to go, uh, in in excellent physical condition, um, and has... You know, I'd say made a lot of improvement over the course of the spring and training camp and in reads, decision making, um, and timing, you know, getting more more work timing with the the guys he's throwing to. So um, you know, he he seems like this again, somebody we talked about with K B, um, had a good camp, works hard, ready to go. Um, uh, looking forward to you know, to the season here with Mac. Second hour, KJ here on WEEI. Got my man John Lyons with me. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. That's Bill Belichick on the growth and seeming easing of tensions there in Patriots. And, and, And John, if you noticed, he said something very key over and over again. Kendrick Bourne. Right? If if Jacoby Myers was kind of like the Linus blanket for Mac Jones early on. The the missing piece of Kendrick Bourne last year, I think, is part of the narrative of why Max saw some regression last year on top of what was going on and the you know the the alleged stories of the doghouse and stuff like that involving Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne has one of the most uh, catch rates; he has one of the highest catch rates in the league. And you, I, I think that's who Mac needs to lean on is Kendrick Bourne. More and more and more if there's going to be levels of success that are going to be seen early. Yeah, and Kendrick Bourne's a guy 800 yards receiving max rookie year. I mean, he was arguably the best player on that offense. So if I'm Mac Jones, I want that guy on the field as much as possible. And I think the Patriots offense and their offensive staff wants him out there a lot. We saw him playing quite a bit with Mac Jones in joint practices. We saw him out there when Mac played in that preseason game against Green Bay. So I think he should be a big part of this offense, and it looks like he will be at least to start the year. So if you play like forensic files, if you will, if you start piecing some things back, maybe it's almost kind of like whatever was going on with Bourne and Patricia and Judge, whatever that was or wasn't, it did affect what Mac felt like he was being able to have out there on the field with him, right? And it's yeah. almost kind of like was the frustration tied to 
Because you can honestly probably see the receiver like, what? What are we doing? Right? And now we're just going to throw another guy in there. And we're like, wait a minute. This is who the quarterback trusts a lot. Because if you say, give me Kendrick Bourne or the field of receivers, give me Kendrick Bourne of, of, of the field of receivers that are there right now because he is the only one that's been there when you've seen good things happen on the field with Mac Jones for the most part. Well, and look at Mac's rookie year. The two most impactful guys in the passing game were Kendrick Bourne and Hunter Henry. And both of them had very limited roles last year. Bourne's role was really small, intentionally by the coaching staff. And Henry was on the field quite a bit, but he really wasn't much of a factor consistently in the passing game. And I think those are two guys, we we started with Bourne, but those are both guys that I think are going to have impacts similar to what we saw in Max Rookie. And I think the offense is much better for it, because if you take those two guys and then you add in the impact that Devontae Parker had last year in the passing game, and you add in what Ramondre Stevenson can do out of the backfield, it just gives you a lot more options than what you had even just a year ago. Yeah, I still think that at the end of the day, you probably want to be a a heavy run team first. Uh, I know I joke that Mac Jones won't get over 25 attempts in a game. Okay, maybe 30. Right, I don't think you'll see too many games where he's throwing the ball 40 times. If he is then there's probably some some continuity between what's going on with the line, what's going on with the game planning, the play action is working, right? That was some of the concerns of last year, like why are you not running play action with this guy when everybody's like stuffing the box for the run? Why can't you do that? I think you'll see more of that. Um, The only concern that I do have for Mac isn't necessarily him being able to stand up on his feet because of the offensive line, but is the health of some of the receivers. Will Juju Smith be able to stay healthy? Devontae Parker has had a history of injuries, right? You've got Tyquan Thornton, who's on the IR. So, you, you know, Keyshawn uh, Booty had a Keisha. couple ankle surgeries in college, right? And and we'll 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 bypass that because I think you know the college injury; those are going to be there. But once you start having these pro injuries, pro athletes say that the healthiest day that you have in this industry that you have in this sport is the day before you play your first game. After that, it goes all downhill. Yep. So so it, it's, one, it's one thing to have the college injury, and then it's another thing to get the grown man injury, and you've got grown men who've had grown men injuries. And and you mentioned with Hunter Henry, I think when Jonu Smith came, we all saw pretty much the warrior flex at the gym photos of Jonu Smith, and the video like, this guy's a monster, he's just going to kill and maybe there was just a little bit of too much of concern of how to make it work for Jonu Smith that it cost the usage of Hunter Henry last year. Um, I think with Gusecki there now, I, I, I've always said that when Matt came, when the offense was built the way it was, it was either be, built for like a Cam Newton like right in front of you or a, a college quarterback who's needing to make the adjustment to the NFL game and the speed and may want to get a lot of things in front of him. So with him having Gitsecki and, and Hunter Henry, you almost feel like, hey, if you can get a piece of the Hunter Henry from a couple years ago and have a healthy Gitsecki out there, then you would almost figure you have a better tight end duo for Mac Jones than when Jonu Smith was signed and Hunter Henry signed at the same time. Yeah, and I think those two guys especially are going to help in the red zone. And this was the worst red zone team in the NFL last year. Hunter Henry two years ago had eight touchdowns. Last year, Mike Gesicki scored six touchdowns, including the playoffs. All six were in the red zone. Five of them were from inside the 10-yard line. So I think, look, Zeke Elliott's going to help in the red zone as well. But for Mac Jones in the passing game, I think Mike Gesicki's a guy as much as anyone else that him coming in, I think, really will boost them in the red zone. All right, so I'm going to put on your – I'm going to ask you to put on your head 
your former your your, your former football coaching hat on. Um, Mac Jones has success if he does what? If he doesn't turn the ball over, that was a huge issue last year. Like I go back to. Week three against Baltimore. All right, he throws three interceptions in the second half. I think one of them in the end zone. I would put on the receiver misreading it or not knowing what to do. But other two were bad plays by him. I mean, hey, Matt Patricia called some bad plays last year. He didn't call plays to throw interceptions, right? So, I think not turning the ball over is huge. That's something his rookie year. He had twenty-two touchdowns, only thirteen picks. He was pretty efficient, especially for a rookie in that regard. So, don't turn the ball over, and it'll help a lot because you have a. Top 10 running back, in my opinion, in Ramondre Stevenson. You have a decent pass-catching core, but you do have a shaky offensive line. So don't get nervous behind that offensive line or speed things up too much where you're either fumbling the ball or you're throwing interceptions because I think this is a Patriots offense that can score points, I think, better than people think they can, but I don't think it's an offense that's built to overcome you know, two or three turnovers in a game like maybe the Brady years where you could turn the ball over a couple times and still score 30. If this team turns the ball over a couple times, if Mac throws a couple interceptions, it's I think it's almost a guarantee they'll lose games. So I'm going to shock someone when I say this because some people think I'm just super hard on Mac Jones, but I can relate. Mac Jones will be successful if he just be himself. Know when to take chances and take them, right? Like when we've seen him try to scramble out of situations last year, well, I think it was probably just thinking like, oh my gosh, this thing is just an absolute fire back here. But I think there are going to be times where you, you trust that your skill set is there, right? You throw an accurate ball so you're not worrying about a guy who throws ducks out there. So don't worry about that. Yeah, your offensive line may be porous. Just be smart and quick and innovative and just show that you can kind of be cat-like on your feet. I think he has that ability to because sometimes – some players, and in, in, in entertainment as well, in this industry, sometimes you just want to make sure that you do all the basics right. I want to make sure that I say the call, W-E-E-I, W-E-E-I, like pig vomit in, in, in private parts. But sometimes you just got to kind of you know let your belt loose and do some things that allow you to say, okay, I know I can get the job done. Just be smart about your calculated risks. So I would like to see Mac Jones with some calculated risk that pay off. If you think back to the, uh, we we're talking about Kendrick Bourne here. We talk, we think back to that Cowboys game where it just seemed like, okay, the game is over. They just had the turnover. Dallas ran it in, and what does he do? Just goes and chucks it down. I think goes for like sixty nine yards for the touchdown. And you're like, you want to see more of that? Of like, man, take a chance. Be smart of the chance you're taking, but take a chance. Believe in yourself. There's a lot of noise, right? There's a lot of noise, and it's a lot different when you're coming from the comforts of Alabama. This is why Jalen Hurts sees it a bit different, right? He was at Alabama, then had to go off to Oklahoma just to get himself a career behind a guy who's getting screamed at a lot. So he's seen the adversity. This may be the real first time that Mac Jones has seen the adversity. And when you're seeing it, ignore it. We're still going to say it. It's not going to stop us. But be yourself. You know, if you feel like you've got to be a gunslinger in a situation, do it. If it means it's going to be a winning play for the team. Because the more winning plays you have for the team, the more they will respect your ability on the field. Yeah, and I think that's a good way to put it because I talk about not turning the ball over, and I think that's something that was part of who he was at Alabama. And as I mentioned, his rookie year, he was pretty good at that for a rookie. But there's going to be times, yeah, to take risks. And obviously when you have a guy like Devontae Parker, he's all about jump balls. And when you have situations where you have to score in the red zone – But I think, like your point, be smart about when you take those risks because I think 
There's a lot of infrastructure there for them to be a solid offense, but that offensive line is so shaky, I worry that it'll make Mac and some other players maybe take some more risks. And yeah, don't maybe, take a risk at your own 18. Don't right, do it there. <laughs> like take risks that maybe, oh, oh this pass rush is going to win. I, I got to get the ball out quick. I just got to get rid of it. Or, hey, I'm just going to stand there, stand there, get hit, and throw a deep ball, which sometimes you need to do, but yep. you got to be smart about it, especially when you're concerned about that offensive line. KJ, along with John Lyons here on WEEI, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. We still got socks to get to. Jason Tatum and his cat calls potentially to Dame Lillard. Uh, plus, we go back to school and classes in session this hour where we look at some Boston players and their class schedule. That's still to come in about 30 minutes, but right now it's time to trend with Joe Braverman. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Jansen deals home. Witt swings and drives one deep to right center field. Back toward the warning track. Duvall, he has the room, makes the catch with one foot on the track, and the ball game is over. The Red Sox win the series. Two to one as they beat Kansas City seven to three and take the season series five to two. W E E I KJ hanging with you on Labor Day. Got my man John Lyons with me. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Red Sox have won two in a row. Changing the narrative for now as John, this becomes probably the gauntlet of the season starting here in about two hours at Tampa, where the Sox are now five and a half out of the final wild card spot, and some weird things can happen. <laughs> How can I best put this? Here's what's dangerous about these coming games. For every game that they lose to Toronto or to Tampa or to Baltimore, and let's take out the Yankees for a second, these are all teams ahead of them. So when you start getting into elimination numbers, they double. right? So you lose head-to-head to Toronto uh, or to Tampa today, that 22 number drops down to 20 from being eliminated from the playoffs, right? The AL East, they're not going to win. They're like at 13 in terms of the elimination number. But when you have these teams that are in front of you, you've got to beat them. If you don't, your elimination number doubles each time you lose. (sighs) Talk me off a ledge and tell me that come September 15th after the Yankees series, 
that we're still having a conversation that the Red Sox still have a chance at the wild card. I can't do that, KJ. I, I can't talk. And Why here's not? the thing. You mentioned the Yankee series. The Red Sox are only three games up on the Yankees for last place in the AL East. So if they lose that series, they could find themselves in last. But, look, you mentioned a gauntlet. They had a gauntlet in late August against Houston L.A., and they went 3-7. and seven. So yeah. it's tough for me to expect they're going to go to Tampa Tampa Bay, a place they have a ton of trouble winning at, then play Baltimore, then later this month play Toronto, play Texas, and finish the month off with Tampa and Baltimore again and find themselves in the playoffs. I mean, they're sitting there, what, five, you said five and a half games yeah. back, and their, their September schedule, I mean, Tampa's a playoff team, Baltimore's one of the best teams in the AL, Toronto's a playoff team, Texas is one of the best teams in the AL, and then, again, Tampa and uh, uh, Baltimore again. Like These are all teams ahead of them that have played well against them this year. John, Tam- the Sox struggling in Tampa is just an understatement. Our own Rob Bradford shared that the Sox have lost 13, 13 straight but at yeah, I, was, I was trying to be nice because KJ was on a ledge, but yeah, now, you're right. Now, now, 13 now be, in a row. Be careful. I'll help you push. La- yes. Well, because the last time someone mentioned how bad they were against Tampa that person got suspended by their poll club. So we don't want to go there about Tampa. And I'm totally kidding. But yeah, they've lost 13 in a row. But here's the other part of it, though. And this is why I say if there's a small light now at the end of the tunnel, it could be a train. Houston, Texas, and Seattle, all they do is play each other virtually for the rest of this year. So if Houston, uh, which who's lost three in a row, they just got swept by the Yankees. If they continue to fall, if Texas doesn't get it together, if and you still get a chance to see Toronto again if you're the Red Sox, again, at September 15th, look, I, look I've, I've said I thought the bacon is virtually burnt with this team, but because of what's happening in the AL West, and those are really all of the teams in the wild card for those last two spots, it's Texas and Houston right now, the Blue Jays, you're only four games behind them, and you still get to see them. So... <laughs> It's like if there's one thing to hold on, and maybe I'm holding on for the diest of diehard Red Sox fans, because keep in mind, this is probably one of the worst feelings you've had about a team that's five games over 500. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. So we're not talking about how does this team who has a, a below 500 record make a run. It's all these weird things are happening around baseball. No one saw Seattle running from the back of the line like some souped up horse and taking over the AL West, and then to start seeing Houston and the Rangers struggle, and the Blue Jays still not be so far out of sight. This is, it's weird. Right. And when you look at the wild card standings, like Tampa Bay is six and a half games up. I think they're a lock to to have one of those wild cards. Right, they're going to have right. Then you're looking at, for two more spots, Texas, just assuming Seattle stays at the front of the division, but whoever's there. But Texas, Houston, and Toronto, and Boston for two spots. And Toronto's a game and a half back. Boston's five and a half back of those two spots. But the problem is, is Houston's the defending World Series champions, and they're loaded, and they just smoked the Red Sox over the course of a week and a half. So I don't see them falling back and not getting a wild card spot. And then Texas and Toronto, the Red Sox do play both of them, but they played really poorly against Toronto last month. And I look at those two teams as they're, A, playing better baseball, especially Texas, than Boston is, but they have more top-end talent, which concerns me because sometimes these games, these crunch time games in September, it's going to come down to your top-end players, just, you know, your top-end pitcher has a great outing or your top-end guy in the lineup hits an extra home run that puts you over the top or an extra double that drives in a run and puts you over the top. And I feel like those teams, 
they just have more of that top end talent than Boston. And oh, like I said, they're flat out playing better baseball. And you wonder too, is this porous Red Sox defense that's cost them games already this year? Is that going to cost them a key game? Like sometime in mid-September, are they only going to be three games back and we're going to start to get excited, and then they have a couple errors in a seventh or eighth inning and they lose a game and all of a sudden they're four games back and it's over? Well, see, here's the weird thing about Tampa, right? Like you mentioned, Tampa is going to lock up for sure one of the wild-card spots. Let's just say the Red Sox get they just get hot and, and sweep this series. And meantime, either Texas or Houston sweeps each other because they're playing each other right now. So there's that weird dynamic that maybe that explains a little bit more is that the Rangers and the Astros could literally beat each other up enough to push one further down as the Red Sox could make a run. So let's say if the Red Sox win three straight and Houston or or, or Texas loses three straight. Well, now you're talking about, what, a two-game difference between the Red Sox and the Rangers at that point? So this is, look, I know we were hanging our hat on last week, like, hey, after that Dodgers series, if they could sweep the Astros and they could sweep the Royals, they they could make some noise. But the way the week played out, it's really true. If the Red Sox instead didn't go four and six, let's say they went over their last 10, let's just say they went six and four and you flip that number, that's a two-game difference. And now we're talking about a Red Sox team that's probably only three and a half out of the last wild card spot and possibly maybe a half game or a game behind Toronto, all because of what happened last week. So literally there's another redemption for the Red Sox this week, starting today. It almost feels like it's a broken record. It's not fair, but it's true. Yeah, and it feels like... You can't get sucked into, though, that. You keep... Everyone continues to take this cheese of, like, when they get hot... They're gonna oh they're gonna make the playoffs and then when they totally go to the bottom be like oh they're gonna not make the playoffs and they're gonna be absolutely distraught. It's like where is this middle line? They don't have a middle line and because well, Joe, they don't have well, any Joe, consistency. It, it has to do with what's going on in the AOS. No one saw Texas losing eight straight and continue to spiral. No one saw the Houston Astros being swept by the Yankees. Right. So if those two things don't happen. Oh man, we're probably like, okay, when do the call-ups happen, right? Because that that's the other part, right? It's because of other things are falling into place that you would expect by the way we're talking, you would think that the Red Sox are probably 5 games behind Toronto and probably 8 games behind the lead and that's they were almost close to that last week, but everybody else has been blowing up their own spots. That like now you can have this conversation like there's this weird small outside chance, but the defense Again, yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting when we have classes in session here in about fifteen minutes. Well, and Joe brings up an interesting point about finding class. kind of that water line because I think it, what concerns me as a Red Sox fan over the past few weeks is they started losing to good teams because earlier in the year they had this maddening pattern of they would play really well against good teams. Remember that two game sweep of Atlanta? They played well against Texas at points earlier in the year, but then they would lose two out of three in Oakland or they got swept by Pittsburgh or they got swept by Miami and didn't play well against Colorado. They would play poorly against these bad teams. So now it seems like, okay, they played pretty well against Kansas City, which is good, but now they've started not winning some of these games against good teams, and what do they have most of the month is really good teams. Right, so that, but their teams me, in is front of them. Right, that, right that, but that's that, the concern for me is that earlier in the year, they were beating good teams, and that gave me hope. Now they've started to not beat those good teams, and it gets me really concerned for the fact that they're playing these, you know, when they should be hitting their stride, it feels like they're not.
So if there is a watermark, then it's the Yankee series, right? Because there's a team that you have to beat that's behind you that's not going to benefit you because they're not a team that you're beating in front of you. That makes sense? Yeah, and I think like if you leave that Yankees series and you're still more than you know four or more games out of the wild card, I just don't think you're going to come back. Yeah, I think Barring that, a miracle, I don't think you're going to come back. So yeah, you, that, that, that Yankees, that you can't split. Yeah. Right, that has to be a well. Not only can you not like you need to like this Tampa Bay and Baltimore six game stretch. Like you really got to go four and two in that stretch just to keep your hopes alive. You go three and three or two and four. That real like you could sweep Tampa, and then if Baltimore sweeps you, you're back to square one. Well, that's right, a good so, point of keeping hopes alive because there's still no guarantee. Because I think they lost their opportunity last week when they went three and seven against the Dodgers and the Astros. You could have made up so much ground like yeah. that, but you decide to crap your pants, and Houston just decides to make you look foolish. Now they need much more outside help than they have had pretty much all year. But hey, four million dollars was raised for Jimmy Fun at the same time. We have to look at the bigger, bigger picture, kids. No, but seriously, yeah, the Astro series, yes, for sure. They they wet the bed. Kansas City, you got two out of three. You can't always expect a sweep, but you would probably say you would need a sweep to make up for the lock of not winning any games in that Astro series. The Dodgers, you know, look, I think that was just what was coming, what was coming, right? And they're just we're talking about one of the two, maybe one of the three best teams in all of baseball in the Dodgers. Coming to town, and that was a bit of uh, a bit of a letdown, and it was emotional as well. The Astros, I think, you, you you could have put up a better effort, and I think now this is where the Tampa series comes in. If this Tampa series has gone the way the last thirteen games in Tampa has gone for the Red Sox, then I would say, Joe, your waterline has been met. So I, I again, I think Tampa's at a point where they're not that far out; they're not that far behind Baltimore to win the AL East. But for sure, they're a wild card team. And if they start throwing openers out there in games two and three and the Red Sox can't capitalize on that, then, then yeah, then I would say, you know what, the bacon is officially all charred. You've got these great teams in Baltimore and, and, and Toronto and Texas in front of you still to come. I, I think you would have lost traction. And again, with the, uh, with the Astros and the Rangers playing each other in a series right now simultaneously, Somebody's one of those two teams are going to beat up the other, and they're going to push them further down in this race. It's just on the Red Sox to make sure that they at least get two out of three from Tampa. Yeah, and I think if they leave this Tampa series down five games or more, like it's again, it's tough for me to see them coming back. Like especially if all the defensive mistakes they made, the uncertainty in their rotation. Rob Bradford had a great stat of the starters only pitching four and two-thirds more innings in August than the relievers. Like, At what point is this bullpen going to be totally worn out and going to start blowing games late? Which, by the You've way, already seen it. You, you saw right, it when we, Kyle Barraclaw was basically we, a sacrificial we lamb. Seen it and We've now, been watching this for the last three years. <laughs> and the other thing, too, guys, is they're in a tough spot where so they play Tampa for three, and then they get an off day, but then the stretch after after that, I mean, we're talking three against Baltimore, four against New York, then Toronto, then te- without an off day. Like, their next right. off day is until September 21st. So yeah. they have an off day this Thursday, and then they essentially have two consecutive weeks of baseball against, I know the Yankees are in there, but against mostly good teams. So if you run into a couple starts where, you know, Chris Sale's out in the third inning or James Paxton, Paxton's out in the fourth inning and your bullpen starts to get taxed, then you're in a lot of trouble because it's already taxed. And then when you add in that you're not going to really have many off days this month and you're going to be playing teams with good offenses, they're in a really tough spot. 
KJ in with John Lyons here on WEEI, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. Still to come, talk about Jason Tatum and uh, the cat calls he's been sending to Damian Lillard about potentially coming to the Celtics. Why is that potentially happening? That's about 30 minutes away. Um, so let me ask you, John, straight up, like, yes, yes, no question. Are both Heim Bloom and Alex Cora both here next year? Both? No, I don't think so. I think Bloom's here and not Cora. And that's, see, that's what's tough is because one is the architect and the other one is the apartment manager, right? Yeah, I, I think Cora, <laughs> there's a frustration there. Like, how many times earlier this year, remember when he would say at press conferences, the yeah. roster is the roster? I mean, what a shot that is right. at, fr- at the front office. Like, the roster is the ro- You're essentially saying, I don't think this roster is that good, but I got to deal with it. And I think we've seen frustration from him. And, and Cora's another guy, too. As a player and as a manager and even a bench coach in Houston, he's seen how it's supposed to work, right? Right. Like he's seen teams build the farm system, augment that with trades and free agency, and be contenders and be World Series champions. He's probably looking around saying, this isn't how it's supposed to work. Like we're the Red Sox and we don't have those big trade pieces or those big free agency pieces to augment the younger players coming up, and I'm not dealing with this. And there's a lot of teams out there, veteran-laden teams, yes. that would want Alex Cora. Like, you don't think the Padres and how they've you, underachieved could plug Alex Cora in and be a you, much better team next? And that's just one example off the top of my head. But there's a lot of teams out there that I think would want him to try to take them to the next level. Yeah, you walked right into my thought, thinking like a couple of years ago, one would ask, why would anybody want to leave a historic franchise like the Red Sox? And then seeing what's happening from the architect level and you say, you know what? This guy still managed a pretty bad apartment building. You know, you know, yeah. gate doesn't close, loud music, you, you know, some things littered in the in the parking lot, you know, and kind I of don't having think to send is... illegal dishes on the on the patio and stuff like that. Yeah, and like... he managed it to this team is still five games over five hundred. I'm wondering, it's like, hey, there's a much greener pasture for Alex Cora and his peace of mind for what he wants to do as a manager than being able to stay and try and fight or or play tug of war with the architect of the building like, hey, man, you can't keep putting up wood beams for a garage. And not only that, but you've heard it publicly from Cora. He's he's basically, he hasn't said it directly, but he's been insinuating that just like, look at the situation we're in. This is so frustrating. The roster roster construction is the roster is the quote of the season from Alex Cora. Can we fix the pool at this apartment complex? But the other thing, look, and I think we got to be fair, though, too. Cora is not blameless in this. Like they came out not ready to start the season. All the fundamental mistakes on defense, all the base running mistakes they made. Like at some point, that responsibility falls on the coach too. And I put more. Did he stop going out there giving fungos? I, fungos? I, I put more of like the base running. And, and I know people have yeah. said, "Oh, they're major league players, and they should know how to run the bases." And I don't disagree with that. That's right. But also, your responsibility as a coach is to backstop that and make sure they do know what to do. And we've seen mistake after mistake. And some of the fielding ones I don't put on him because when Kike Hernandez is the only viable shortstop option you have, it's tough for me to blame you for him playing horribly in the field. But there's other fundamental mistakes we see in the outfield. We see Tristan Casas at first base make some Devers at third base, where at some point you have to look at the team not being ready to go the fundamental mistakes in the field and the base running mistakes, and there is blame there that would have to fall on Alex Cora, too. Well, see, that's what takes me back to the fo- the mystery photo after the game against the Astros you know, last the week. The roster and we- yeah. 
I think that photo, KJ, they were just talking about listening to KJ and Lions on the weekend. <laughs> you think that's what you're talking about? I think that was, yo, when are they on again? When's Joe Braverman producing? And they, they had to look up the schedule and see the times, and they were talking about how much they love our show. I think that's really what it was about. I, I would have just thought it would have been like, hey, Heim is, you know, because here's the thing. You hear it in business and in, in, in the office. That's his guy. That The reason why he's here is because that's his guy. And Verdugo is Heim's guy. Yeah. Right, that's the guy he went. That's the guy he saw. Centerpiece of the Mookie trade, right? So now, when you see this photo of Heim and his guy having a conversation out there, I would feel more comfortable if that was a picture of Alex Cora and Verdugo having a conversation because you're like, hey, this is player manager. Maybe these are maybe they're working through things that aren't negative, but this feels like the cut through past middle management going to upper management because that's your guy, and so. I, well, what was the be, Alex Verdugo be, quote of the season? I got to get through seven weeks. I yeah. got to get through the next seven weeks. We heard in early August. Maybe they were getting together saying, hey, let's get through the last four weeks, and then we'll right. trade you. Let's right. get through it, the last four. Because it feels like that relationship is another one that I would be surprised if Verdugo's on the Red Sox next well, year. But if, but if Core is not here next year, then maybe Verdugo yeah, maybe. stays because his guy is still here. It buys him at least another year. So it again, if this team doesn't t- if they if they don't take two out of three from Tampa, the conversations are going to be much more pointed, and it's almost going to be fatalistic. You know, now facing Baltimore, who Baltimore still would have Tampa chomping at the bit for its own lead, and Baltimore, while it's it's really had no hiccups this year, still wants to be able to prove itself going down the stretch and finishing strong. And then not limping into the playoffs, especially if they're a division winner. It's KJ along with John Lyons here on WEEI. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Class is in session next. I know some teachers right now are like, please don't remind me. But school is here, folks. Here on WEEI. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good Labor Day to you. W-E-E-I, KJ, got my man John Lyons with me. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937 still to come. The response from Deion Sanders in the college football upset and that narrative. That's about 30 minutes away. And Jason Tatum playing hellos with Dame Lillard. That's 15 away. All right, let's go to text line 37937. What do you got, John? Uh, John. No, not John. <laughs> we, we can both give you a text if you want. Joe, all these J's, right, Joe? <laughs> hey, we got a lot of Joes on staff. Uh, 617 texter, Cora cannot in-game manage. See the game in which he pinch ran with a base stealer, then had Wong, who doesn't bunt into an out, cannot handle a pitching staff. Yeah, do you think that's probably kind of like a na 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 boo boo? I'm just going to show you the roster that you have out there. It's not like I'm putting Tim Raines in there to go pinch run. <laughs> it's interesting because Cora was such a good fundamental baseball player when he right. was a player. But I mentioned earlier they keep making these mistakes, and also the pitching staff thing. Like when they won the 2018 World Series, right after that, going into 19. 
they slow walked the pitching staff in spring training and they weren't yep. ready to go and it was kind of weird. And then now again this year they weren't really ready to start the year. They didn't play well against Baltimore. They got smoked by Pittsburgh those first two series. So I think there's like Cora to me seems like a guy that if you have a good team with mostly veterans, he will keep them all together and you will have great success. We saw it in Houston. We saw it early on in his tenure in Boston. I don't know if he's the guy that if you're trying to rebuild as the Red Sox are and bring up all these young guys and break them into the major leagues, I don't know if he's really – I'm not saying he can't do it, but it almost feels like he's not really into that, and that's not what he wants to do as a manager, and maybe it's not really the best fit if that's what they're going to continue to try to do. And sometimes he's like he's handling TPS reports from office space, like, really? Just oh, use that's such efficient. a great movie, by the way. <laughs> what would you say you mm-hmm. do here? Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> Michael Bolton. Yeah. I, I love. I, I celebrate his entire catalog. Yep. Oh, oh well, there's somebody close from there. You, I love you that one might want to just wear more than just 14 pieces of flair. Yep. You know, might so, not oh. be the minimum. 37 pieces. <laughs> Turn to channel three. Yep. <laughs> All right. One more, Joe. Uh, one more, just really quickly from the 508, talking about uh, deciding between Verdugo or Cora. 508 says, like they say, Heim is money. Yeah, but is <laughs> you put that on a T-shirt, I guess. But I guess look, I I think there there seems to be, a, and I'm not like I think Verdugo is a guy that a lot of guys in the clubhouse like. I, I think he cares, and I think he wants to win. But there does seem like a disconnect between him and Cora. Like we saw yeah. multiple instances this year, and also Verdugo. Let's be fair. He also has a personality where I think sometimes he either gets too heated or he goes overboard and overreacts to things, too. So we've seen multiple instances of him getting benched this year. It just feels like there is a disconnect between him and Cora. And very well, we could see both of them gone after this year. Like, Cora could say, hey, I'm going to move on and go manage a team ready to win a World Series, and they could still trade Verdugo because they don't want to pay him. And, And their outfield situation... They just called up Rafaela. They have Duran. They have Yoshida. They have Duvall. Like, they have potentially five outfielders for next year for three spots. So I I think we could see one of those guys get traded, and he feels like the most likely guy. So either is a sad day or an exciting day for the teaching staff around greater New England who know that tomorrow is the first day of class. Me, as a parent of a 12-year-old, I celebrated religiously. I cannot wait. I feel like, like a I'll holiday be a, for you. Yeah, oh my gosh. It's like I can now go golf at 10 in the morning again. And, and instead of, you know, like having to, you know, yeah. attend to my child, you know, and this I mean, was a long summer break too. Cause there weren't really many snowstorms last year. So right. there weren't many snow days and the way September 1st fell, like the districts that go back after labor day, you get that it, extra week. Right. Yeah. So this was a long summer break. So for the, Boston sports fan and for its members of it, we present Class is in Session. Hit it, Joe. What in the hell do you think you're doing? Learn about Cuba. Have it some fun. I'm John Kimball, new kindergarten teacher. Who still wants to make out with me in the middle of class? I've got a hangover. Who knows what that means? Doesn't that mean you're drunk? No. It means I was drunk yesterday. Yesterday. All right, here's the deal, fellas. I got a group of students, and you got to tell me which class they need to be belonged in. So we got Mac Jones, Masataki Yoshida, Bill Belichick, Jason Tatum, Raphael Devers, Heim Bloom, Alex Cora, Brad Stevens, and the Patriots offensive line. So I will say the subject, and you guys tell me which class they belong in. Let's start with stage production. Out of that group, who belongs in stage production class? Stage production. So you need some type of performance. Above what you've known to do, 
I'm going to go with Jason Tatum. I think the stage is already set for him now. He's just got to show the production on it. John, what do you think? I actually agree. Jason Tatum. You, we've set the stage the last two years in Boston. they got to get over the hump and win a championship. they got to produce on the big stage. Joe? Well, Jason Tatum is... Correct. Jason yes. Tatum's head into stage production. All right. All right. One. Class number two. This one's a little deep, so we need some thinking for this one. Mm. Who belongs in psychology class? Mm. Psychology. John, who do you think? I think the Patriots offensive line because they have to be able to think together and play together. The offensive line is a unit. So put them all in psychology together. Get their brains working on the same page. I don't know if they, because there's a lot of different personas, but I think psychologically, I think it would be just one person. So I think you're on the right path. I think it's Mac Jones because all the stuff from last year, you had some shining moments the previous year. You got to change this year. You got Brady in front of you for your first game. I think Mac Jones would be in the psychology class. Well, you are exactly right, yes. KJ. Mac Jones is heading I didn't to know psychology. There were right answers to this, by the way. You hear the bell, don't you? <laughs> Joe, I think Joe's just making up what he thinks. Class is, the right is in session. It's, it's what sounds the best to me. I'm the teacher of this class. Uh, class <laughs> yes, number sir. three. This one's all about uh, the nuts and bolts. Who belongs in accounting class? Mm. Uh, accounting. Let me look down this list. So it has to be someone who's in charge of things. Well, we know it's not Hein Bloom. <laughs> it's Bill Belichick, right? You still have some I, salary cap room. How are you going to fit it in? And we always talk about, hey, are they going to actually spend on guys? And with the salary cap, you can maneuver things around, which he said himself all over the place. I think it's Belichick. I'm going to go Brad Stevens because you just spent on Porzingis. There's going to be some math you might have to do when it comes to Jalen Brown, where after the one year of signing the Supermax, he can go or you can choose to stay. Then, of course, Tatum Supermax kicks in. I think the accounting class, it's Brad Stevens. That sounds good to me, KJ. Brad Stevens Ah. on his way to accounting. I don't know. I know you might have been a dork in real life, John, but I've got the A so far. All right, next, <laughs> next uh, cla- class four. Uh, we're going into history class. Who needs mm. to go to class all about history? John Rafael Devers, because we've seen this year his defense has taken a step back. He's not hitting for average. He needs to go back and look at when the Red Sox were great and he was at his best. He was doing all the little things right. And if he's going to be the leader of this Red Sox team with a $300 million contract, he's going to have to study how guys like Xander Bogarts and Mookie Betts and go back to Jason Veritek, if you will, did all the little things right as leaders of the Red Sox, which he has not really done this year outside of hit home runs. History. I think you're on the right page, but the wrong subject. I'm going to say Heim Bloom because has Heim Bloom looked at the history of this franchise? And he doesn't have to go back far in the textbook. Just go back to 2004 of what this team does by spending a little and growing a little and putting something together that makes sense, not something that you just learned recently down in Tampa. So I, I think Heim Bloom needs to be in the history class. I agree. Heim Bloom needs a little bit more time to learn about the history of making moves with the Red Sox. Moving on, though, we go now. This this one, John. Why do you look so sad, man? It's it's only one test. <laughs> I think there is some irregularities in this oh, teacher grading situation. Okay, Mr. don't make me give you detention. I don't, I don't know if I'm you ready. Thank paid you. Joe off. Or, Put or his or send his ass to the principal's office. <laughs> I'll tell the principal. Moving, uh, moving there's on. This, there's someone who actually took an elective for this one. Someone. 
took self-defense. So oh. who needs to go to self-defense? So this is why I thought the last answer by KJ should have been wrong. Heim Bloom needs a self-defense class. What have we been talking about for months? They do nothing at the trade deadline multiple years. They're not aggressive. They're underachieving. The roster is the roster. You just played the quote, Joe Braverman, in our last segment. If anybody needs self-defense, it's Heim Bloom. And let's not forget, this is an ownership group that loves to run GMs out of town. They've done no. it multiple times with World Series winning GMs. Heim Bloom needs a class in self-defense. No, it's Raphael Devers. I mean, he needs to learn how to take these things to the body. Have you seen? <laughs> Let it get to the side or under the glove. Defense is right in the word. It's Raphael Devers. He needs to take some self-defense classes. Yeah, he's got to defend himself not just from people, but from baseball. Thank so. you. I think I need a self-defense class. <laughs> Moving on. Let's, control let's, the mind. Where did, where did teacher Braverman get his teaching degree? Uh, University matter? of Phoenix. Yeah. There you go. And Phoenix yeah. is a real place. Dang right. Uh, moving on, though. Civil engineering. Who's got to go to civil engineering class? John? Uh, civil engineering class. I, I would go... That's I'd go Brad Stevens. Because uh, I think he built a great team in the Celtics, but the, it may be a time later this year where he needs to find that one last piece to help them out and get them over the top. And so I want to make sure he's ready to go and he's got the engineering degree. See, this is why I think you didn't study the bold words in the back of the book because it's Bill Belichick. What is the guy building? You know he's building onto that defense. Him. He can't right, go to two classes. Well, you, you, you didn't bring an eraser with you? Number two pencil, bro. Look, Belichick, the whole question about him is his skills as a GM in terms of team building. It's, it's imperative now more than ever, especially with Mac Jones at a crossroads. I think Bill Belichick with civil engineer. I totally agree. Bill Belichick <laughs> on his way to civil engineering. <laughs> <clears throat> Yes, let's not make fun of other students. Uh, uh, I'm not. John, John, you okay? Don't quit. <laughs> Hang in there. <laughs> All right, let's 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 go to a class that I personally hated going to in high school, and that's calculus, one of the yeah. hardest math classes out there. So who's got to go to calculus? Uh, John? I, Mac Jones. He's got to figure out this new offense, this new playbook. He's got a lot of difficult defenses he's going to face early on in pass rushes, and he's going to have to do the math because he's going to probably have to get the ball out pretty quick with that offensive line. Calculus, I say Alex Core. How can he calculate his way out of New England with everything going on upstairs with Hein Bloom publicly saying, like, hey, it's the roster? He is calculating and formulating and putting together some type of Pythagorean theorem of why he needs to leave. Do you even know the Pythagorean the theorem, KJ? Not for the sports show. If this was a math show, I would know it. But it's A times B equals C Farm squared. Farm system squared plus, plus yeah. free agency squared equals wins. That's yeah, the there you go. That's I'll give you that one, John. I'll give I'll give you that math that equation. But I'm, I'm giving KJ the answer, though. I'll Thank give you, you the you. equation, but KJ gets the answer. <laughs> two, more que- uh, two more classes here that needs to get sorted out. How about pediology, which is the study of soils and minerals? I got one guy left. It's Masataka Yoshida. And actually, it fits because he's going to be playing left field at Fenway. He's got to figure out that dynamic. So he's got to study the soil. And also, I think there's a bonus class on uh, collusion, which I could put Joe Braverman and KJ Carson. Oh, well, there you go. Well, good luck with that because he's the teacher. He's part of management. Look, tied for fifth in ground ball, ground into double plays, average distance balls hit 133 feet, ninth worst in Major League Baseball, 27% sweet spot contact, worst in the league. Yes, 
Yoshida has been hitting those four threes left and right. Now, granted, he got one out of the park yesterday, but I think he was so surprised that it actually wasn't a ground ball to second. Yeah, he was sprinting. He He was sprinting like it was in the bases. So you are both right with uh, Yoshida on that one. Here we go. Which leaves only one. Only one uh, class out there, and that's ballet class. I think that we should all agree that there's a group of people that definitely (laughs) need to head to ballet. The offensive line for the Patriots. They need to be. I don't even have ballet on my list that was sent to me. This oh, really? I, I have no ballet. I didn't even. Well, know I there studied was a anyway. I'm prepared. I think even... we need a ballet class for Joe Braverman because he's tiptoeing <laughs> around my great answers and giving points to KJ. And you know what? The most ironic part about this you is KJ. I've gotten them all right. No, you know what's really ironic about this? So uh, I, I work part time here at EEI. Do you know what my full time job is? Teaching. Yes. So yes. you should really feel bad. You got so, what, no, but two I see. Right? I, I know collusion right. among students when I see it. You Look, know, J- like, John. I, I sometimes, yeah. if you need to have the red pen handy, have the red pen handy. Yeah, I think there I'm going to cross out this segment. No, well, actually, I'm going to send it to some programmers and say this was clever. Yeah, and back to school. Welcome, teachers. Welcome, students. Have a great school year. The final hour of KJ Long with John Lyons here on WEEI is next. We talk Celtics, Deion Sanders, Patriots. Hang out. WEEI. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.